0: I finished the last talk on this topic of the insinuation that Hinduism is stupid and irrational. I finished the last talk by saying I would start discussing point by point the allegations made by someone who gives their name as Jia, who appears to be a a Muslim out to show that Hinduism is stupid and irrational. Just one more point before I get into the point-by-point discussion of this. So many CEOs of major international corporations are Hindus, major corporations based in America, far disproportional to the population of Hindus in America. There's also a huge number of Hindu, highly intelligent people powering Silicon Valley. So are we to presume that all these highly intelligent and successful people are all stupid and irrational? Is it the stupid, so-called stupid irrational Hinduism that makes them so intelligent and successful? The claim indirectly is that Islam is sensible and rational, but despite the fact that there are more Muslims than Hindus in America, they aren't doing nearly as well. I don't want to get into Islam bashing or anything bashing, but if you want to make aggressive claims that Hinduism is stupid and irrational, uh, some things are going to get pointed out, which you might not like, but I'm talking about facts here, not opinions. Okay, so Gia starts her tirade by... Actually, it's not phrased as a tirade. It starts off sounding as if it's somewhat reasonable. So she starts by saying, these questions are worth a deep ponder. <clears throat> I seriously doubt if Gia is capable of deeply pondering anything. Her questions... Claims are so shallow and misinformed. There are so many misunderstandings, misrepresentations, and plain lies in her tirade that it's hard even to reply. Just like I, in the first talk on this subject, I gave the, the so called pundit from the village who started saying, Kastram, Kastram, Gastram, Gastram. How how do you speak with someone who's so foolish? You'd have to have a little basic knowledge of Sanskrit to understand that. Uh, several questions were sent. I'm going to fast forward to question seven, or the, the, the questions that come under the number seven sent by Jia. I'm going to go to that first because it's really... At the heart of all the other uh, provocative questions. (laughs) Question number seven, or series of questions. If Hindu religion is such an ancient one, why isn't there much propaganda for it all over the world? Why the other religions, like Islam and Christianity, have so much acceptability? Seems like it's an Indian writing because it's Indian. Poor grammar English. How could they win more followers than Hindu religion if it is ancient? It's undisputed as a historical fact that what is now called Hinduism, which didn't get that name until much later, what is now called Hinduism far predates certainly Christianity and Islam predates Buddha Buddhism Buddhism was a an a, an offshoot or a, a, a protest against Hinduism which incorporated much of Hindu ideas and culture so the claim that it's trying trying to say that is if hindu religion is such an ancient one well it's not even a question if your father never had sex in your life how come you were born it's just you know it's just like such a stupid question it's like saying something like this anyway the claim that because hinduism is ancient then it should be more widespread What's the logical basis of that? And and what what is this uh, subjectivity that religions like Islam and Christianity have so much acceptability? Who are they accepted by that we have to say? I mean, there's just so much lacking in any depth to these questions that it's really hard to... That, that's why I hesitated to, to reply because... Like I say, it's, it's like, what do you do? It's like trying to explain something to someone who just doesn't have the capacity to understand it. Okay, so the, the, the claim is that Islam and Christianity are better because they have more followers than Hindu religion. Well, here in India, more women can afford plastic bangles than gold bangles. Does it mean that plastic is better? More people take primary education than university education. Does it mean that primary education is higher? How many people watch reality TV shows and how many watch documentaries about serious issues? Does it mean that reality TV is on a higher level or is more important for human development? Actually, there are traces of Vedic civilization all over the world. You can google it i guess if you want it's one of those things which is not taught in the biased western mainstream which is highly biased against hinduism you it's you can read a book by rajiv malhotra called breaking india which shows that the deliberate policy of the British during the British rule to demean everything Indian, particularly Hindu, is continuing up to the present day. Just the other day, going on a, off on a little bit of a tangent here, I saw a BBC article in which it was stated that fourteen point something, let's say fourteen point five percent, of all uh, of all women who committed suicide in India were housewives, and more which is more than 50% of all the women who committed suicide. And then there's a whole big article about how housewives in India are mistreated and this and that. But more than 14.5% of the women in India I haven't, must be housewives. <laughs> And if you think of those figures, then far more men than women committed suicide. But it's all about the women and how the women are mistreated. And there's, there's a constant propaganda coming out from the BBC. I, I, I see their articles, how women in India are so much mistreated and this and that. It's it so much propaganda. I'm not saying that women are not mistreated, but it's, it's not culturally inherent to the extent that the BBC wants to make out. Anyway, there are traces of Vedic civilization around the world, which indicate that what is now called Hinduism was spread around the world, was very ancient, Uh, but it wasn't proselytizing in the way that Christianity and Islam and even Buddhism started off as a proselytizing religion, they, it, it, Hinduism didn't have an agenda to convert others or kill others if they don't accept Hinduism. One uh, reason why it's not proselytizing, because in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, manushaf Shaha," that everyone is in one way or another on the path of God. He has a plan for everyone. So the general Hindu outlook was that someone is born in a certain situation according to their karma, and that is the situation God has put them in. So there's no need to proselytize. Let them work out their karma in their present life. it has become proselytizing in some some, in some way or other. Hinduism is now being preached. Again, this word Hindu, it's a very broad term, which I don't fully subscribe to, but just for the sake of discussion, I'm doing so. Uh, the movement that I'm in, the Hare Krishna movement, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, is interested in sharing its knowledge, so if you have something good, why not share it? In the present age, people's identities are very liquid, especially in the Western world. People are prepared to try out various things. So, if knowledge of Sanatana Dharma can be given to them, and why not? T- why not give it? So many have taken up yoga in the West, mostly on a bodily basis, some on a spiritual or quasi-spiritual basis also. Another reason why Hinduism has not made headway in the West is due to the fanatical attitude, which previously was deep-rooted in Christianity, and to a large extent, I would say is still there in Islam, that only our religion is right. Actually, this was until uh, until the nineteen sixties with Vatican II. That was the that was inherent in Roman Catholic teachings, when the Vatican II officially made the Roman Catholic Church more ecumenical in its outlook. More broad-minded, you could say, accepting that other religions might have something to them. (laughs) But the, the idea only our religion is right and especially in Islam, not that all Muslims buy into this, but especially in Islam, there is a strong streak which thinks that it's it's acceptable to persecute or even kill others if they don't convert to Islam. And if you are a Muslim and you don't want to be a Muslim anymore, then you are, according to the scriptural texts of Islam, which... Uh, apparently many Muslims today still adhere to, then you are fit to be killed, body to be killed. The Muslims in India tried to persecute Hinduism by uh, taxing mass slaughters, which are reported in their own chronicles, although some opted for coexistence. And Akbar tried to make some kind of fusion of Hinduism and Islam which didn't work. The British were more subtle and you could say intelligent and far sighted in their approach, in their skullduggery, because they'd seen that. Islam had not been able to subjugate Hinduism in 700 years. So they saw that, well, we have to philosophically and and culturally undermine them. So they tried to denigrate Hinduism by by painting it as stupid and irrational. And it's still going on. And in today's world, people... Can look and see for themselves, and many are realizing that there is tremendous spiritual depth in the Vedic culture. Maybe they might think even more than in their own, and maybe speculating a bit here, this may be why the some fanatics who claim to belong to the religion of peace in Bangladesh attacked Hindus. Maybe that's a factor also. They can't tolerate seeing people who are dedicated to a religious path which has substance to it because in their understanding, the only thing which can possibly be right is the thing that they were born into. And others like S M, they try to attack in another way, trying to show that hinduism is stupid and irrational why i suspect that subtly they realize they are confronted with something which the actually sensible level-headed rational members of their own religion will recognize as having a profundity lacking in their own theology what is what is the theology be a Muslim, or we will slander you, torture you, or kill you. I'm not saying again that everyone in Islam subscribes to that, but there is a sizable, at least minority, who do so. Uh, you're not allowed to think; you just you just have to do what we say. And but but people do think. We're trying to have people think here. The the claim is that we are stupid and irrational. and Well, if it was actually stupid and irrational, I guess we couldn't be making any reply. It would just be uh, an irrefutable fact. And again, I'm I'm not on a trip against Islam, but as someone has made a claim in, in the name of Islam, saying that it's Christianity and Islam, and the name of the commentator is a muslim name so they claim that hinduism is stupid and irrational i'm replying to that yeah the fanatical people that means they, they don't think they don't want you to think they're afraid because vedic culture is profound And their fanatical take on religion doesn't encourage or even allow anyone to think deeply. We find in the Bhagavad Gita, we find in the Vedic intellectual culture, there's so much emphasis on jnan, which doesn't mean simply to learn scriptural texts, but a very deep thinking and understanding and realization. Shravan manan nididhyasana. One has to hear, one has to contemplate and try and understand the deep topics which are being taught. And then nididhasana. one has to realize that and make that one with his being. But fanatics don't want deep thinking about their religion. And again, I'm not saying there isn't deep thinking in Christianity or Islam because there certainly is. But I'm talking about the fanatics who make uh, various types of assaults on the Vedic culture. They don't want deep thinking because if they encourage deep thinking, it would be seen how shallow they are, how shallow the fanatics are. And if maybe they're afraid that if thinking and if if actual choice was allowed, then maybe... uh, Many Muslims would prefer not to stay as Muslims, or Christians. And within Hinduism, it's allowed. You're al- you're allowed to convert, although there are, there is a movement against the kind of conversion that's going on by, by trickery, by oh anyway, by bribery, by. Love, Jihad, again, BBC doesn't believe such a thing exists. But anyway, something's going on. Land, Jihad, go on and on and on and on. Anyway, as we learn from the Vedic scripture, long before the New Testament and the Quran came into existence, In the Vedic scriptures, there is a description of Kali Yuga, the present age in which we live, in which hypocrisy, ignorance, barbarism, and fanaticism in the name of religion is prominent rather than the essence of religion, which is to know God and love God. And certainly the essence of religion is not killing in the name of religion. My religion is better than yours. Chop your head off. Religious peaceful people are peaceful to humans. At least we at least religions generally, most religious people generally think that it's generally better to be peaceful and not kill humans. Unfortunately, most of the people in the world who subscribe to religion, and this includes Hindus. Uh, think that it's it's proper to be peaceful to humans, but to be it's okay to be violent to animals and torture them. and they they're very upset if if humans are tortured or killed. And then we're talking about decent normal people, but the the average decent normal person might attend a peace conference and they'll be sitting around having their lunch at a peace conference and saying, yes, yes, it's so bad, that so much torture and killing is going on. And in the meantime, they're eating meat from an animal which has been tortured all his life and then slaughtered. Something wrong in the basic thinking process there. It's, it's not very rational to be peaceful to humans and unnecessarily kill animals. Maybe if you're living in the Arctic Circle and you have nothing but flesh food, because vegetables don't grow there very easily. Maybe there's some lichen growing, which you can't eat. Uh, That's one thing. But in in the world today, in in most of the world today, it's quite possible to subsist on a non-flesh diet and subsist quite healthily for that matter so that's another factor people can't think very clearly they they may they may be sensible and rational in their own way of thinking but when it comes to ethics their rationality stops in the matter of how we treat animals just Something to think, something to deeply ponder, as Jia asks us to do. Yes, let's deeply ponder. It's a very good idea to deeply ponder all these things. I I don't want to get into a Hindu-Muslim slugfest because this us-versus-them mentality, it doesn't lead to spiritual understanding. The general attitude in Hinduism has been highly tolerant throughout the centuries, live-and-let-live kind of mentality. But certain religious groups take advantage of that, and they they become hostile and, uh, and attack in various ways and try to undermine everything that the people who are tolerant to them, everything that the people who are tolerant to them to undermine everything that they stand for. And at some point, and that point is coming about right now in the present generation, Hindus are beginning to think that enough is enough. For centuries, our of course I say our, I wasn't born into this, but I've been accepted into it. So for centuries, our our culture has been undermined, attacked, ridiculed, people killed, temples destroyed. And at the pre- even up to the present day, if one word is spoken against Islam, you're likely to be killed, but Muslims are allowed to insult Hindu gods. The whole killing and arson and raping that went there's the, the latest spell of that which went on in Bangladesh, was the fault of one person who placed a Qur'an on the knee of the Durga deity. Well, uh, and the ho- one person. And the whole community was brutally targeted. And then it was discovered that it was actually not a Hindu who did that, who put the Qur'an on the knee of Durga, but it was a Muslim. And it seems it was a plot to, to deliberately provoke violence. And we're not talking about just some gentle slapping in the face, but widespread killing. Tolerance is a hallmark of Hinduism; it has been for centuries. But there is a whole generation of Hindus who are coming up who are, yeah, they're just feeling that you know, we're not going to take this anymore and they're preparing to fight back they they have that mood it's really better we don't go down to that level can we can we come up to a more sensible and rational level rise above this fanaticism and and enmity that would be really religious we talk of this religion and that religion but it's all in it's all externals the essence of religion begins with a search for truth. Atato Brahma Jignasa, Vedanta Sutra says, now we should inquire into the nature of spiritual reality. Actually, people who are born into a fanatical, religious atmosphere, there's no search for truth because they're taught from the beginning this is it we were born into this religion therefore it must be the best it's like someone believes i was born in this country it must be the best i have a white skin white skin must be the best i i'm chinese so chinese must be best so i was born into such and such a religion it must be best. Well, those of you who are born, in, born into different situations, you can open your eyes. YouTube is there to help you. There are alternatives. You don't have to go along with what you were born into. It's very unfortunate that fanatical proponents of re- religion, including religion's that call call themselves peaceful, have traditionally preferred to kill persons who want to search out and go deeper. Actually, uh, rather than being a fanatic, isn't it better to try and learn something from those who have actually dedicated their lives to spiritual understanding, or at least appreciate them, If you can't understand, at least appreciate that these are people of the spirit, people of God. and Not that because, well, they don't believe what I believe. Okay, kill them. Actually, all this Hindu-Muslim talk, it really militates against what Hindus and Muslims should share if they're really sincere, which is the motive to surrender to God. That's what Islam means, isn't it? Surrender to God, so I'm told. In Bhagavad Gita also we have... The conclusion of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, abandon all varieties of dharma, he says. That means worldly religious concepts or worldly concepts in general. And just surrender to me, Krishna, God. I will deliver you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear, Krishna says. Is not a Muslim who is sincere to surrender to God better than a superficial Hindu who follows nothing? On the other hand, is anyone who really dedicates their life to God with no extraneous interest, is it better than someone who simply claims to belong to a religion and fanatically thinks it's better than others, but but it's not doesn't really do much. Or you may even you may even go to church once a week or may even pray five times a day if you're a Sunni or three times. Uh, but someone who really dedicates everything, their whole life, to understanding God, why should such a person be? murdered for that this whole discussion came up I gave a talk on how one of our Eskon Brahmacharis monks in Bangladesh was killed he was full time in the service of God killed because he wasn't in the right religion religion means to, real religion it doesn't mean going to God praying give us this, give us that it's a thirst for God Those who are really spiritual in any religious path can understand that real religion means to really want to come to God, to really want to live in God, serve Him, surrender to Him. Our worshipable spiritual master, Guru Srila Prabhupada, he gave us this very... uh, Interesting, point to ponder, that religion without philosophy is sentiment or sometimes fanaticism, while philosophy without religion is mental speculation. Okay, there's so much to say about this. I just before I go on to the next part of this question, I'd just like to say that God, as understood in Vedic Vaishnav understanding, very nice conception of God, not someone who throws people into hell forever because in one lifetime They were born in the wrong religion. Not like that. Very nice, very beautiful, very sweet, very loving, very kind. You can have a personal relationship with him. Very beautiful. Supreme personality of Godhead. Okay, still on question number seven. Okay, well, it's going to take at least another session more. So I'll finish there and I'll get on with more of the questions in another talk. Krishna willing. Mancha kalpa tarubhyas <laughs> cha kripa sindubya eva cha patitanam bhavane vaishnave bhyo namo nama dante nithaya chunakam padayoni patya kritvaca kakushata metana hamravimi he sadava sakala eva vihaya durat Goranga Chandra Charane Kurutanu Ragaha Parivadatu Jano Tata Ba Nanumokorona Bayang Vichara Yamaha Hari Rasa Madira Madati Mata Bhuvivilu Nirvishama Hari Krishna Hari Krishna 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 Hari 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 Rama Hari Rama 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 Hari Hari